0: We're in the 10th chapter of John's Gospel. We're looking at the concept of the shepherd and the sheep and the sheepfold and the, the door and all the things that, that Jesus talks about there. We're talking about how everything he's saying now is under the shadow of the cross, in the shadow of the cross. He's moving toward Jerusalem. He's moving toward the accomplishment of salvation for all of his people. And I, I just was captured again by that great hymn that we sang a bit ago, Hallelujah, What a Savior. Everything that is happening in John's gospel is pointing to that great truth. Oh, hallelujah, what a Savior. But, but I tell you, I mean, I, I love clothing the rights of Christ. I love all these songs we've sung today. But, but when I get to this, this middle verse... Not even the first or the last, but the middle verse that sadly a lot of times churches will skip over because they'll do, you know, first, second, third, or first, second, last or something. But this one, third verse, guilty, vile, and helpless we. Pretty, bu- pretty good description of the condition of the human race. Guilty, vile, and helpless we, but spotless Lamb of God is He. This is the part I almost come to tears on. Full atonement. Can it be? Hallelujah. What a Savior. Full atonement. Not partial atonement, not a little bit of atonement, not a a touch of atonement, but full atonement by the precious blood of Christ. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Well, I could quit right there, but I won't. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. We looked at verses 1 through 7 or 1 through 6 last week. Today we're really looking at verses 7 through 10, but I want us to read these first 10 verses together. I want you to hear them together. And we're certainly not exhausting even the, the discussion of the shepherd yet because he'll finish that next week. But hear what, he, hear what Jesus says. Truly, truly, I say to you, remember, when he says truly, truly, it means listen carefully the Greek word is really amen, amen, where we get amen from. This is the truth. This is important. Don't miss it. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd, a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he puts forth it all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech or this parable, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, verily, verily, amen, amen, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved." and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of our Lord. If you notice here carefully, Jesus, and John recording this about Jesus, is somewhat mixing his metaphors here we we criticize some people you know we got english teachers here in the room and if you're writing a paper and you kind of start mixing your metaphors there's there's usually criticism for that there there's a there's a criticism of using two different metaphors no criticism here of jesus jesus is wanting us to hear something very clear and very plain and he's saying something specific about himself you know, if you look at the parables that Jesus uses, both in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then in the, uh, in, in the Johannine Gospel, how he uses parables, they're different. In the Synoptic Gospels, most of the time, the parables that Matthew, Mark, and Luke choose to talk about Jesus are unveiling the kingdom of God. They're talking about the coming of the kingdom of God, the coming of the kingdom of heaven. And many times Jesus will say, the kingdom of God is like unto, and then he'll give you a parable. John, on the other hand, has chosen the parables that Jesus used in a a much more, in a different way. In in John, the parables are always about himself, they're always about Jesus revealing exactly who he is with clarity and with understanding. As a matter of fact, the, the whole gospel of John is given over pretty much to saying, This is who Jesus is. He is the Son of God, He is the Messiah, He is the Savior, He is the one who has come down with one specific purpose in mind, and John is wanting to lay out that case very clearly. At the end of the book, we looked at this, the first sermon in this series, John says, I'm writing these things that you may believe in who He is, that you may believe that He is the Messiah, that you may come to place your faith in Him and your trust in him. And that's the totality of John's purpose. And he uses these parables of Jesus to show us that as clearly as possible. In this particular passage, Jesus does two things. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who my people hear my voice, my my sheep hear my voice, and when they hear my voice, they follow me. Why do they follow me? Because they know me. They know my voice. The stranger may cry out, the stranger may call them, but when they hear his voice, they don't follow. They run, they flee because they know that that one is not their shepherd. I am their shepherd. But Then the second pass, path of this, he talks about I am the door. He goes from uh, uh, an animate description I am a shepherd I'm a person to an inanimate type thing I am the door last week we talked a little bit about the sheepfolds and how they were made and many times the door though was not something like we think of in the back of the sanctuary here we look back there and we see these massive wooden doors and they've got metal on them and they're they're made to open and close and sometimes we have ushers back there that sort of serve as doorkeepers. They open the door for you. They let you come in. They let you go out. They don't do a whole lot of keeping anybody out. All are welcomed. And so they open the door for them. And they come in. But in Jesus' day, wood and metal and things were a very rare quantity. And so they'd have a rock wall with maybe some briars on top of it, like we talked about last week to keep the, the people out as much as they can, the robbers out and keep the sheep from jumping the, the fence and getting out and keep them down. But but many times the shepherd himself would, would lay at night in the doorway. He would be in the opening. He would be the door which would determine who got in and who got out. And sometimes these were public sheepfolds. And several shepherds would bring their sheep in and put them in for the night so they would be protected from wolves and other scavengers who would seek to destroy them. And, and, and the shepherd would come in, and the shepherd who had night duty would let that shepherd in. He would call out, and his sheep would follow out, but the other sheep would stay. Jesus said, I want you to understand, I am the good shepherd, but I'm also the door. I'm also the one that lets in the proper ones and keeps out the improper ones. He said, all those that have come before me, they were robbers and thieves. Now, you got to understand, he's still standing there talking to these Pharisees. He's standing there talking to those who consider themselves the, the most religious, the most holy, the most the finest people of the community, the ones who who they saw themselves as the gatekeepers of God at the temple, at the synagogue. And Jesus says, I want you to know that those who have come before me who have professed to be something have not really been all they profess to be. They've sought to, as Ezekiel talked about, we looked at last week, they've sought to feed themselves off the flock. They've sought to take care of themselves. They haven't been concerned about the sheep. They haven't been concerned about the people. They watched out for their own selves. Jesus says, I want you to know I am the shepherd. I am the shepherd of God who has come to, to care for the flock of God. I've come to, share, to care for those who belong to God. I've come to care for God's people who are in me. And, and, and in that, he, he, at the end of verse 6, it says they, they didn't know what he was talking about. This figure of speech that he spoke to them, they, they, they didn't understand it. They, they, they were standing there. He was directing it at them, perhaps. And they said, we don't know what you mean. So he said, let me be a little more specific. Hear this truly, truly, I say to you this, I'm the door of the sheep. I, I'm the one who lets in and out. I'm the one who watches over. I'm the one who, to whom you must come through. Now, I want you to see the exclusivity of Christ that he is presenting here. He, he'll do that over and over as we move closer and closer to the cross. But here he's, he's saying, I am the door Indeed, I am the only door. I am the only way in for the sheep to enter into the sheepfold of God. I am the door. And they looked at him and pondered that a bit, I'm sure. He said, all those who came before me, all you Pharisees who are are building up your own kingdom, who are thinking you're, you're honoring God when you're just expanding the law of God to meet your own desires, your own needs, you're just robbers, you're just thieves. And the real sheep will not listen to you. The ones who really belong to God through Christ will not listen to you. They will reject your legalism. They will reject your pharisaism. They will reject that for true freedom that comes in Christ. And he says, when they do, I want you to see several things. In verse 9, he comes back again, and he says, I am the door. I am the door, and here are the benefits. Here are the blessings all those who enter in i'm the door and if anyone enters through me number one he will be saved the first blessing of entering the door the only door the door that is christ himself is salvation there is salvation in no other name except christ there is salvation in no other person except christ and he says i'm the door and if you enter in by me you will be saved. In Luke, Jesus uses a parable in Luke 15 where he talks about, I found my lost sheep. I've gone out and found the one that has wandered away and I brought them back in and they are saved and they belong to me and they are in this, they are in me. Jesus is the gate. And the implication here and the explicit statement here is, I am the only door. I am the only gate. I am the only entrance way.'" into the sheepfold of God, they will be saved. The sheep wandering out on the, on, the, on the side of the hill, you maybe were like that sheep. And the shepherd went out and found you and called you by name and brought you in and you entered by the door and you are saved. The first blessing is salvation. The second thing he says here is not only will they be saved or will he be saved, and then he will go in and out and find pasture he will come and go the image there is security and nurture the shepherd the door jesus himself will be the one that 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 gives you security there's not only salvation, not only are you saved in him, but there is security in this good shepherd, and there is a nurturing, there is a caring. The, shepherd, the sheep are under the shepherd's care, and they grow with nourishment that he provides. The idea of coming and going out of the sheepfold is, there's a security that Christ gives to us to be able to grow, to be able to mature. The sheep, if they stay in the sheepfold all the time, will, will be malnourished. They will even die of starvation because there's not a lot of food in there. But they go in and out. The picture here for you and me is that he cares for us so much that we are allowed to go in and out by his leadership, by his compassion. We'll see that in a minute in Psalm 23 as we make a parallel there to what the scripture was read this morning and read last Sunday on purpose so that you would hear that great shepherd's psalm. When the people of Christ forget this, When the people of God in the 21st century forget that he is the shepherd, he is the door, and and, and he is the one who securely grows you, matures you, leads you into nourishment around his word, through his word, in his word, that's our food. We forget that. We become malnourished. And we start trying to build ourselves up. We try to to make ourselves strong. And we say, oh, I'll just be strong. I'll fight that temptation. And, And folks, we can't do that. It's our shepherd that leads us. It's our shepherd that protects us. It's our shepherd that lets us go in and out and find nourishment in him and in his word. Jesus says, I am the door. If you enter through this door, you'll be saved. If you enter through this door, you'll find nurture, and security. I will protect you. And, and, and then in verse 10, he, he describes these blessings even a little more specifically. He, and a little more, more broadly, he says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The, the thief has no compassion, no care about the sheep. Just wants what he can get for himself. But I came not to steal or kill or destroy, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. I've come that your life may be full. Now, now I really believe that the the full expression of that statement, I've come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly, is eschatological. It's when you are with him in heaven. That's the fullness of that expression. But there's a here and now for that too. He's obviously not saying that if, if you are in Christ, if you've entered by the door, then this abundant life will mean that you'll have every, every, everything you ever wanted. He obviously doesn't mean that you'll always be well and you'll always have health and, and you'll never have any struggles, you'll never have any disappointments, you'll, you'll just have an abundantly happy life and everything will be perfect and you'll never want for anything, you'll never, you, you'll, you'll never have any kind of, of problem in life. He's not talking about that. We do have sicknesses. We do have struggles. We do have disappointments. And and those are primarily given that we might trust the shepherd more, that that we might walk closer behind him, that we might listen to his voice all the more. Listen, as I've said numerous times before from this pulpit, if everything's going just like you want it to go, if everything's going perfectly, you tend to think, I'm doing a great job. You tend to think, I'm handling this. But when you get in a point of struggle, when you get in a point of pain, be it emotional or physical or whatever, there is that truth where we cry out to our Lord, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. Lord, I need my shepherd to lead me and guide me. I need my shepherd to show me the way. It's amazing that this, this picture that Jesus uses is not uniquely with him. As we know, it comes right out of the Old Testament. There's a lot of imagery, a lot of pictures of, of the shepherd in the, in the Old Testament. And, and most notably, the one that Scott read just a little bit ago, Psalm 23. We all know that Psalm. We, we Most of us memorized it. If you're my age, you memorized it in, of all places, public school. And we learned the 23rd Psalm in the second grade, and we quoted it in the morning. You know, That's a very well-known passage of Scripture out of, out of the Bible. Many times it's, it's glossed over. Many times it's, it's never really thought clearly about because we, we know it so well. There's a lot of great truth that, that God is communicating to you and me, even in this side of the cross, through that specific psalm. Gentleman Keller, is his last name. Philip Keller wrote a book entitled "A Shepherd Looks at the Twenty-Third Psalm," and 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 in that Keller, who was a shepherd himself, talked about the the significance of that psalm as he reads it as shepherd. He says, you know, the one of the things about sheep is they don't lie down real easily. That they don't like to lie down. They feel very insecure when they're lying down, and so for a sheep to actually lie down, which which David says here, God does for us, makes us lie down in green pastures. He says there's some, there's some very specific things that have to take place. First of all, for a sheep to lie down, he has to be absent of fear. He, he, if he's fearful, if he's afraid, if there's predators that are around him, he won't lie down. He'll stand and be ready to run if he can. There has to be a, an absence of friction within the flock. said so the shepherd cares for them in such a way that there's not antagonism within the flock, friction within the flock. You said uh, a sheep won't lie down if they're hungry. Because if they're hungry, they're, they're always thinking about where they can get some food, so they won't lie down. And, and David says in this great psalm, God is taking care for his people. He's taking care of all those, all those things. He starts out by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The, the idea there is an idea of contentment. This idea of abundant life is an idea of contentment. I love what the Apostle Paul said to the Philippian Christian. He said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I've learned to be content in whatever state I am. And By state, he didn't mean Kentucky or Georgia or Alabama. He meant, he meant whatever condition I'm in. Whether I'm in poverty or whether I am in, 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 have, have plenty, I've, I've learned to be content there because my contentment doesn't come from external things. My contentment doesn't come from, from stuff. My contentment comes from walking with Christ. And, and so David says, here, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one watching over me. He's the good shepherd. He's the door. And if he is my shepherd, I, I'm not, I, I shall not want. I, I shall not be in need of anything. I shall not be lacking of anything. He will care for me, and I will be content in what he has given me. He goes on to say, not only does the shepherd give contentment, but he gives guidance. He says, he leads me. He he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet or the still waters. Sheep are afraid of of running water, evidently, and, and, and the shepherd finds and leads them to quiet waters, waters that are calm, that they might eat in the fields, and they might drink of the water and and be satisfied. He, He leads me. He gives guidance. Christ gives us guidance. He goes in and out with us. He calls our voice, and He guides us in our life as we follow as His sheep. He gives safety. Verse 4, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He says, listen, God is, is not only given us contentment and guidance, but he's our safety. He's our security. He's our protection. Don't try to protect yourself. You're incapable. I don't care how smart you are, how strong you are, or, or how much stuff you have, you cannot protect You cannot find ultimate safety and security in yourself. It's only in the shepherd. David says he gives us provision. He says, you prepare a table before me. Even in the presence of my enemies, you provide for me. And you anoint my head with oil. And my cup runs over. It overflows. You care for me so much. It says when it's all over, when I've gone through this life and goodness and loving kindness or goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's a heavenly home. There's an ultimate eschatological abundant life that waits for me that is free of sin, that is free of uh, of any struggle, any sickness, any pain, any heartbreak, any disappointment, I will be given a heavenly home. Surely, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I, I love what Spurgeon says about verse six. He says, he says in verse six, that God has God, the Shepherd, Christ, the Shepherd, has two sheepdogs. Their names are goodness and loving kindness, goodness and mercy. They follow the sheep. Leads the sheepdog follow and they keep us going in the right direction. His goodness, His loving kindness, watches over us forever. You see, as Christ is looking toward the cross, as Christ is moving under the shadow of the cross, as He is in these verses, in these parables, He'll he'll really get into that next week when we look at these next verses in John's gospel, when when we look at those verses that talk about, The shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. When we get to that, we see he's in full salvation mode. He's in full atonement mode. But he's saying to you and me, you have nothing to fear if you've entered through the door. If you are in Christ, you have nothing to fear. He is going to give you contentment and guidance and safety and provision. And ultimately, a heavenly home. So I want you to understand, there's salvation, there's security, there's comfort in Him. Not apart from Him. John is saying through relating this to us in his gospel, this is who He is. This is who Christ, this is who Jesus of Nazareth is. Don't miss it. He is the exclusive way to to God. He is the exclusive door. He is the only door that can enter into a relationship with God. Everything else are idols. Everything else are faults. Everything else are thieves and robbers. He is the true shepherd. He is the door. And there is no way to enter into that that we sang about, full atonement. Can it be? The expression of just astonishment. Or what he does in the life of a believer listen don't follow pastors that say anything other than this Christ is the great shepherd I'm just an under shepherd my whole purpose my whole desire my whole goal in ministry is not to point you to me or to Grace Baptist Church or to any religion to point you to the door that's where you enter that's where you go in it's through him and him alone too many people in our day are saying, well I'm, I'm religious I'm spiritual in my own right I'm doing my own thing but it's only him that makes these promises it's only him that can fulfill these promises it's only him that can save. It's only Him that can give security. It's only Him that can guide to that heavenly home. The question is, are you trusting Him or are you trusting yourself? Are you trusting Him or are you trusting your righteousness? Friend, as you enter the door, you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ alone. It's the only trust that's trustworthy. It's the only trust that does anything other than disappoint and defeat and lead astray. I am the door, and all that enter in will be saved. And all that enter in will be free to come and go and be nourished by me, the shepherd. And all that come in will know the security and the safety of full atonement by a shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. What a shepherd. Let's pray. We come this morning in worship and study of His Word. We come not just to hear with our physical ears, we come to hear His truth and ask His Holy Spirit to apply it to our lives. Savior, Like a shepherd, lead us. Savior, save us. Lord Jesus, show us your way and your truth. Guide us. Lord, let us look for that glorious coming. Your coming again. Father, I pray for men and women, young people here this morning. They've never entered that door. They've never entered the sheepfold by Christ. Maybe they've tried to climb over the fence, doesn't work. Maybe they've tried to do it themselves, doesn't work. Only through Christ. Only through you. Only by putting their faith and their trust in you and you alone. Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will open eyes to see their need for a Savior. Open hearts to believe that Jesus is the only Savior. The only door. Father, I pray that you will move in our hearts as believers to have a deeper desire to follow you, the shepherd, in every way, in every respect. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.